Oh my goodness, everybody. How are y'all doing today? What's going on, folks? It's us again. It's Mega Shane. Another episode, another tomfoolery, all that jazz. So, Victor, how's, how's the West Coast doing over there? Um, we're doing the most. I'm tired today. Uh, I don't know why I'm so tired. I think, um, I want to say that it's, it's uh, CrossFit. That is kicking my tail and making me tired at the end of the day. But we're doing good. We have um, earthquake warnings. The big one. <laughs> the big one is coming, they claim. So I'm ready for my close up. My goal is to survive and then go raid Louis Vuitton. Hey, come on, Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, that's that's, oh. that's the goal. <laughs> we're going to um, do some stuff and um, cause some problems. If it happened, well, let me not say it like that. I mean, we don't, we don't always, we're not looters. But I'm just saying, if Louis Vuitton just happened to be broke and you know, and everything's just laying out in the street, you know, I, I'm, I'm gonna pick it up. And I'm gonna pick up all types of stuff and be like, you know, I'm just helping y'all because I don't want the merchandise to go to waste. You know, I'm just saying. I thought that's right. Yeah, I read that story. That uh, the big one, like a seven point, at least a seven point oh, supposed to be hitting L.A. or whatever. I was like, I've been saying that shit since the land before time. So you know, if it's gonna hit, it's gonna hit. I mean, It'll be ready when it be ready. It might be today. It might be during this podcast. <laughs> My luck. I'm being quiet as a cab. I know, or when I'm going home on the long highway. Um, but that you know, if if it happens, it happens. It's going to happen eventually. So it is what it is. Oh, that's right. But shit, ain't nothing going on over here on the West Coast. I am ready for a vacation. I feel like I haven't taken a a good, healthy vacation in maybe three or four years. Oh, Lord. At least, yeah. So I'm ready. I'm ready for next month so I can get up out of Kentucky for a week or a few days yeah. and not worry. Yeah, my uh, best... My best friend from college, he's coming up here this Thursday. So he's getting out of Kentucky. He's coming up here, over here in the West Coast. So um, he's going to have that vacation. Hopefully, we got to figure out what he wants to do. Right. Well, I know what I want to do. I want to pour us both a nice hot cup of Aunt May's tea and get into these little topics here. Yes. So, Victor, start us off. What we got today? Well... On the comic book news, we know that the new Rebirth version of Justice League of America is coming out. Um, they have an interesting mix of teams. They have the Ray. They have some other members, but they also have Vixen. So Vixen is going to be one of the recurring members of the team, as well as Killer Frost. So it's interesting because, you know, Killer Frost is a villain, um, and she would be on this team. But I am happy to say that um, Vixen is on his team, so we get to see more Vixen, and the covers that feature Vixen came out, and they are wonderful. So I'm excited about this. Those were beyond sick, those covers. I was like, wow. Yes. So I think they're going to be really cool. I was always intrigued by uh, Killer Frost. She reminded me of, uh, what's her name? Frost on Mortal Kombat. On, oh, okay. I think it was Mortal Kombat 7. Mm-hmm. So uh, I always I always kind of like that idea of ice manipulation and whatnot. Uh, but kudos to 
kudos to Vixen, you know, especially those covers that were mm-hmm. released. Because um, the covers were, like I said, sick. Yeah. Uh, when is the, the actual issues? Are, are they released or... I want to say they're coming out soon. I need to go back and take a look at that. I was just I was just too caught up in <laughs> those covers. Um, but the thing is, um, some people are upset because they didn't like the way her hair looked. Some people oh, wanted they didn't feel like that a black person drew her. And I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna really get that deep into it. Um, you know that I'm just gonna go with it. But we do know um, a gay man. I think it's Stephen Orlando. He is writing the story. So, you know, I'm just like, I'm, you know, I trust Steve. Steve has done a great job with The Midnighter, as well as other things he's been a part of. So, you know, I'm not going to nitpick. I'm just glad to see Vixen in the comics and and being featured. So, I'm going with that. All right. That's good Good for Vixen. Mm-hmm. Ow. Like, those powers were really cool. I like, know. Like, the transform, like, have those uh, animal abilities. Yeah. It was really cool. So... Uh, the Batman mm-hmm. was announced with your boy, uh, Mr. Affleck. And uh, the, the I guess you said the title of it is called The Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I'm like, okay, so what's what else is there to do? You know, because I don't even know if they started shooting. Or they probably have or whatever, but I'm really um, feeling indifferent about the movie. Yeah. I have to see actual footage for me to make like an actual de- decision because him talking about it and talking about it, I'm like, okay, well, I need to see shit before I form some kind of opinion. That's true, and I, you know, I do trust Ben Affleck. I mean, I, he he knows how to direct a movie. He knows how to be in a movie. Um, but I want to know what this movie is about. I mean, all we know is Deathstroke is in it. But will it feature other characters? Will it feature, you know, what happened to Robin? Will it feature the new Robin? Will it be Tim Drake? Will it be Damien? Will we have Catwoman? Will we have, you know, Batgirl? Like, who's going to be in this movie and what will it be about? I don't want it to be so convoluted to where we just like, oh, here we go again. So I just hope that, you know, whatever they're doing with the Batman, it's a good solid story. Um, It may be a standalone story. I have a feeling it's going to be something that we have not seen um, and I don't want the Joker in it. I just don't. I just don't. Yeah, there's so many other villains that they can choose from that he doesn't need to be in every damn Batman movie. No, I can care less. And after seeing him in Suicide Squad, I I, I just, I don't care. <laughs> I don't want to see it. Right. So hopefully that, you know, whoever they got in this one is going to be uh, amazing. And then, you know, whatever Deathstroke is going to do in this, uh, Hmm. I mean, I, I I don't know. So I guess we just have to wait and just keep our eye out on more information as it comes. Right. And Ben wasn't a, that bad of a Batman. Yeah. He was, it was just, I needed more to grade him on. You yeah. Know? That meant, you know, Mad versus Sad was not the best way to kick it off. So, right. you know, I, I like I said, I trusted his acting abilities. I trusted his directing abilities. So we'll see what happens. And if he's writing too, I try, hey, he won an Oscar. For this, That's for writing, wrong. so it's like you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm more open to this than I am the other movies. Right, right. So somebody that uh, clearly has not seen the light, uh, Lucian Piani. Oh lord. <laughs> so if you don't Not know, Queen. Lucian Piani is a uh, music producer. Uh, he produced a lot of songs for RuPaul, 
he was uh, wait he, so he wait he okay these songs <laughs> or these jingles whatever okay <laughs> so he's also uh, sometimes a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race mm-hmm. so I don't know what came under him or what fire that started or brewing in his soul that he started tweeting that oh I would never vote for Hillary that Americans need to wake up uh, you know he I think something had caught a hold of him and wouldn't yeah. let go. And then he was talking about how, like, I don't agree what Trump says, but, you know, he says, he tells the truth, and I trust him more than I trust Hillary. And and I saw those tweets, and I was like, um, sir, you know everybody can see this, right? Uh-huh. And we all know... How, how do you trust... How do you trust Trump more than you do Hillary? How do you trust somebody who has lied about how much money they make, how much lied about things they said when they just said it, um, cheated on his wives, um, haven't paid no income taxes, but you trust him, no. Um, cheated people out of their jobs, but you trust him more. And the funny thing is, with Hillary, these issues that on her are lot, mostly, you know, rattled up in, in rumors, but we got all of the receipts of Mr. Trump, but yet you trust him more. And if this has anything to do with her emails and whatnot, I mean, everybody else, like uh, George W. Bush had personal email files. So I'm just, why is there such a double standard, especially for her? You know, I'm just like, why, Lucian, kind sir, why would you even come fix your mouth to say shit like that, especially as a gay man, when you know damn well Trump doesn't really go for you anyway. No, and then also he mentioned that how our issues... I I almost see what he's trying to say, but it, it really got lost. He was trying to say that our issues are not that important right now, but LGBT issues are, is everybody's issues in so many different ways. Yes, jobs, money, you know, healthcare, that's still LGBT issues. I don't know what he's thinking, but what I got from that is he's looking at it from a white perspective because, of course, he's going to see it as a separate issue when in some ways it's really not. It's very, it's very intertwined in so many things that we do. And I just felt like in his whole tweet response, whatever he was doing, was very white very maleish, like it was like everything that you would expect. Almost the same stuff as we saw last week with Chadwick and, all, and Chadwick uh-huh. Moore and all that foolishness. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening right now with white gays. White gays, y'all get a check and y'all lose y'all goddamn minds. Like y'all get a check, y'all get some validation. Somebody says that you that you are pretty. Somebody said you got some lips, and y'all all of a sudden think. That y'all can just say whatever y'all need to say. You need to remember that as gay men, people are watching y'all, but then you have a responsibility to your community. The same as black folks got responsibility to their community. We watching Amorosa. She's no longer a part of us. Lucian, we watching you. You no longer a part of us because you said to trying to double down. You see him keep saying stuff. Uh-huh. About, like, I'm not brainwashed. I can think for myself, bitch. We didn't say you were brainwashed. We're just saying it's just stupid. That's two different things. But you start so, having that diarrhea of the mouth. I'm like, you know what? You have set your thing there. But but I will say this. 
for those who are thinking that RuPaul is going to say something, I just need to remind y'all that RuPaul is not woke either. I mean, I no disrespect to the queen, but there's also receipts on how RuPaul has also let us down too. I think about that black-faced uh, drag queen that he defended. Um, um, oh, gosh, what was her name? Shirley L. Licker. Shirley Q. Yeah. Licker, something like that. Shirley Q. Licker. Yeah. And then I think about the trans issue, about how he was really fighting for the right to say tranny. And I'm like, bitch, you're not trans. Um, it's, it's just, I was like, you can't, don't expect that. If you're going to hear anything, it may have to come from World of Wonder themselves um, or a logo themselves. But yeah, I, I just didn't really understand why he needed to say what he said, but why he continued on with it. Um, I just think he should have been like, yeah, I got caught. I need to really think about what I said and move on. But no, he was trying to defend it. And I'm like, no. And I love the fact that, you know, you we're now seeing that you cannot mess with the gays because the gays will come out in full force mm-hmm. within, what, a few hours? He was being dragged. He was being dragged, like... Yeah, didn't the story just come out today? Yeah, but it, it started late last night. Last night it started because I remember I saw it and I started jumping in. Um, um, shout out to DC Homos because they were the ones who kind of brought brought it to my attention. And Ira, Ira, Madison, well, yeah, Madison the Third brought it out too, um, which he's always good at finding stuff and dragging it. Um, and so it was like, okay, you getting it, and then he kept getting it all through today, and everybody else was jumping in on it too. So I. I I feel like, you know, gays, especially you white gays out there, y'all need to watch your mouth. Realize that if you got a platform, people will be watching you on this platform. The minute you do slip up, you need to take a moment and say, you know what, y'all? I messed up. Let me step back a minute. Don't sit up here and try to double down like that's going to help you. It's not It's not going to help at all. They're going to come for you. We're going to come for you for that. So he got dragged. He basically got burnt at the stake today. Um, and you know what? It's just, it's an interesting pattern. I don't know if you've been noticing it, but it's been an interesting pattern of these white gays just yeah, coming not, out their mouth. It's going to be something, somebody else. It's just like these elitists that think that we can't say anything, like you can't say anything bad about them or like they act like their shit don't stink. And it seems like these are the type of gays that will be out in West Hollywood twerking thinking they're twerking for Jesus and thinking they should don't sink. Uh, seems like they are the ones have the most to say. And I'm like, okay, girl, well, we'll get you up out of here quickly. Mm. Well, I think he learned a lesson this week, but we'll see how much he keeps talking. But you never know. This stuff is it's probably not over. We, have, we haven't heard from Logo. We haven't heard from Wonder Wonder. And we haven't heard from RuPaul. So you never know. This could be an interesting twist coming around the pike. But... Lucian, shut up. That's all I need to say to you. Just shut up. You're wrong. Accept it. Move on. Yeah, just move on. <laughs> and what else do we have on Maze T? Let's see. Uh, it hasn't been much of a bad week, if you stop and think about it. Um, well, if we want to quickly get into a quickly political type of thing, um, as you know, this weekend, we all found out that Trump has been lying about his taxes because they put that out and apparently he lost almost a billion dollars in, in a year. 
Listen, if I lose five dollars, I'm pissed off. So I can't imagine losing a billion dollars. I lose my damn mind. I I probably about to be committed. A billion dollars. They're like, oh, it's like, uh, like it was like what nine hundred something million in the year in nineteen ninety five. And somebody, let me talk about the person, whoever you <laughs> who leaked this. Y'all are petty, and I love it. I'm glad that y'all that petty because that's some petty. That's top level petty. That's top chef petty. <laughs> to ship it from from Trump Tower. I guess they did it from Trump Tower or whatever. They 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 shipped that mess to the public, and. Like a good journalism, you know, good newspaper, good journalist. The New York Times took that and ran with it. That thing came out on Saturday night, and that was just a mess. And it was just wonderful. This man lost all his money. It's proof that he hasn't paid taxes probably in eighteen years. And I'm like, dude, if this if this happened to me, then I would release my taxes because if if it's wrong, wouldn't you want to be like, no, that's wrong. Here's the truth. Right. But he hasn't done that yet. It is Tuesday. What they did to Wesley Snipes. <laughs> I mean, they locked his black ass up quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yeah. So, I mean, why can't we just lock him up? But, you know. Yeah, something needs to happen. Protection. Something needs to happen because that is ridiculous. And I thought that was cute. But it's also, you know, making a lot of people happy because now we're seeing how we, we, we got a month left. Less than a month. Before the election, and you know she's up. Her numbers are high. She has a high chance of winning now. Um, it's, it's at that point you have to stop and ask yourself, for those who are voting for him, y'all, what what, what is your reason? This man has already proven that like, he can't say he's a, a smart businessman, because we see what happens. A billion dollars, y'all. A and you bi- can't say that he speaks his mind because everybody speaks their mind. Yeah, because that that's a invalid excuse and or reason. Yeah, so I'm glad he's crashing down. There's it seems like there's more coming. Then they then they turn around and the New York the New York um, Attorney General said that you need to shut down your your charity foundation because it's not a charity. <laughs> so I was like, man. Well, you know, and one of his biggest supporters, uh, Chris Christie, uh, his uh, bridge scandal got uh, heavy and a lot of people are calling for him to resign which was they should have called for him to resign a long time ago when the story broke in the first damn place that's true all that hoosafudge and that tomfoolery i think somebody died because uh, the ambulance couldn't get to wherever the person wherever the person was i was like these politicians are something else and i'm not saying that all republicans are bad or all Democrats are good. The majority of both of them are shady as hell. Mm-hmm. However, it doesn't... If you're a Republican, if you're a person voting for Trump, then you have to ask yourself some serious questions. Some serious life questions. Like, what are you really doing? And to me, I'm, I'm just going to be honest, I don't look at you as a good person. If you are if you are willingly voted for him, you're not a good person to me because you're basically trying to put somebody who is weak, destructive, and just ridiculous into office. And I mean, I don't think your heart's in the right place. Uh I really don't. So if you are 
So I'm sorry, but anybody who votes for him is kind of rotten, and you can't be trusted either. So I feel like that you can't be trusted, you can't be um, taken seriously, and I don't think you're a good person. Right. <laughs> Just don't. I know a, a coworker of mine. She's uh, voting for Trump. I'm like, girl, quiet as is Kathy. She don't. He don't like your ass neither. That's what I'm about to say. It's funny because a lot of these. There was a good article about the who are the people and this woman who. She's clearly ill, uh, <laughs> but it's about why she's voting for him. And, and I was like, you know, that's the thing. The interesting thing about his voters, they are most, they're, they're pretty much all white. Their majority are white, but they're also the type who, mm, they, if you watch a lot of clips, watch a lot of clips with them talking, because they say things like, he's like, next step to God. He's like King Trump. They want to be, they want to be ruled over. These are like people who want to be ruled over. They don't want to be governed. They want to be ruled over. They want somebody to say things for them. They're basically like subs. They're a bunch of subs who wants to be, you know, dominated over. And, and you know, they're so worried about, you know, immigrants and people coming from different countries. They fear that. They're just so white, weary, and weak and worried. And it's just that type of mentality that speaks a lot for them. So these are the people that, you know, I, I I somewhat feel sad for, but at the same time, I'm like, y'all are basically the new age slave because you acting like slaves. You want somebody to rule over you. He's like, who's a good master? He gonna take care of us. He, and if you think about it, that's what they are. To me, Any the white voters of Trump are the new age slave. I stand behind that statement. And a lot of them, like, this is just in politics in general. A lot of these people that vote for Republicans are typically poor. They live, uh, I'll take Kentucky, for example. They live in eastern Kentucky. Mm -hmm. They don't have a lot of resources, but yet they keep on voting for these Republicans and these ideals that consistently put them behind the eight ball. So why would you vote for somebody who clearly doesn't have your your rights involved or your rights in their thought process when they think about these bills and these legislatures that they pass and it just seems like when they're talking about the war on terror they always use terror a lot of these uh, dog whistle tactics if you will Mm -hmm. that don't necessarily put a face to it that hypes up that fear that oh this person this terrorist could be living right next to me and I don't even know so they always play up to that fear, and it just seems like they get, we all get suckered in every damn time. Uh, yeah. Gotta wake up. I, I, I just really want them to realize they've been made fools of all their lives, and the fact that they've been falling for this Trump stuff just proves that they are just at a desperate time. And again, I think I said this before, a lot of it has to do with the fact that they know that within 30 or 40 years from now, they about to be the minority and they don't know how to act. They, they, they don't know how to act the fact that white won't be the majority and that scares them. But it's, it, it tickles me because these are also the white people who are poorer than most blacks and Latinos thinking they are at the same level. I'm like, bitches, y'all not in the same level <laughs> as the rich elite whites. No, no, they take advantage of you. So I don't know why y'all think y'all, if anything, y'all need to be working with us. But, you know. And these are the same uh, people who blame uh, blacks and Latinos for taking advantage of the system are the they have the Q 
kids that are on free lunch programs. Mm-hmm. They have kids or families that benefit the most from welfare. So let's look at the numbers and tell it like it is. Let's not be promoting this false lies and these this propaganda because that's what it is, basically. That's what it is. But you know what, y'all? We're not going to really get all into politics right now, but we just it, it's just interesting to see you know, when the truth is out there, how much you're going to really take it in <laughs> and how, and, you know, and, and cause to me, I feel like after I learned all that, why would I still vote for that person? But right. I have common sense. Patty said it best. There ain't nothing wrong with the pudding if the truth is what's in it. That's true. But you know what? I have common sense and you do too. So that's why we're not voting for him. All right. <laughs> but now we're, we're going to get up into, I think we have sipped all our tea. We had to save a little bit for Luke Cage, let's get into talking about Luke this. Luke Cage, Woo. This greatness Sleep of the show. Yes, this was um, an interesting series, um, 13 episodes that bust out on Friday, and it was so fascinating. I was so into it. Um, and the cute what thing of... What your first impressions? Um, so my first impressions overall, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I love... We'll get into all this, but I, I love the blackness of it. I love that it was stuff that I was like laughing about. There was parts like, you know, talking about catfish and hot sauce, because I personally believe, I personally believe by the God of gods that you can't eat catfish without hot sauce. And I like that that was mentioned. Um, I loved even some of the things that we say amongst ourselves or friends, like Misty Knight saying things like, you let her ski we on out of here. Uh, <laughs> And for some people, are like, what is that? I'm like, well, if you, you know, ask your black friend, you went who went to college, you know, all that stuff like that, or just little things they were saying in there, that was just neat and it was just real. And I've only been to Harlem like four times in my life, but I felt like, you know, I mean, of course that's like a, a characterization of Harlem, but there was something about it that was very real. I love that they talked about Harlem as a very powerful place to be a very respectable place to be. I really enjoyed that and I enjoyed the characters a lot. I really enjoy the different shades of colors we had. Um, I did not think that Luke Cage was boring. I liked him. I liked that he was conflicted because he wants to do the right thing and doing the right thing is is, is hard. <laughs> and so I like that. So I, I enjoyed it. What was your first impression? Um, I think along the same lines, it was so black. I was, at first, I had a little bit of reservations. I was like, okay, so I don't know if I'm going to like this or not. Because these uh, strange things that I put on shit. But anyway, I first couple of episodes, I was like, okay. It kind of felt, Harlem felt like home. I hadn't felt that way towards a TV show in, I, I don't think, forever. Because mm-hmm. home to me is south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. So it felt like I was going home and that felt it felt warm. Um, like you said, there were so many beautiful shades of brown and black people. Um, that was it was interesting to see and it was good to see because there was a representation of what Harlem actually is. Mm-hmm. It's not some, you know, hipster mm-hmm. neighborhood. Uh, although, you know, that gentrification is uh, alive and real. Mm-hmm. Please believe that. Um, I liked everybody's, uh, the acting was really good. The writing was really good. Mm-hmm. And I need to get Mike Coulter's skin regimen because 
His scan was like on fleek beyond infinity. Like mm-hmm. every time he came into the shot, I was like, man, his skin is like velvet. Mm-hmm. Not to mention his uh, how he spoke was like butter. Yeah. Um, and Misty Knight, I think. So we need. I'm gonna say we need a show for Misty Knight. That's just Netflix, Marvel. Y'all need to go on it. Uh, Simone Mystic killed it. Yeah, as Misty Knight. Yeah, I wanted. I wanted like to take a moment to, to get into our characters. Like, what we. I wanted us to discuss the characters and what we liked about them and what we didn't like about them. So you go ahead and go, but I want to really get into the characters too. Okay, let, let me start with uh, Luke Cage. Uh, what I liked about him, I like the how he was, he just wanted to be left alone. And that's what I feel like a lot of us, particularly black people and particularly black men, when we're harassed by cops or as queer black men, when we're harassed by other straight black men, you know, we just want to be left alone. And I felt that internal struggle within him uh, what I didn't like about him, um, I don't know if there was anything I didn't like about it. I, I liked him. I, I liked everything about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as uh, Misty Knight, uh, she was just everything to me. I, I don't understand why Simone hasn't picked up more acting jobs. She said that this was, I was listening to her on a lot of other podcasts. And she said that this was her first real big acting role. She had had like little guest stars here and there, but this was like the first big one. And I find that very hard to believe mm-hmm. or very crazy considering how good she was. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that she portrayed Misty as I imagined Misty to be as an opinionated, you know, I'm going to do this shit with or without you type of woman. Uh, She portrayed her as a black woman in our society, you know. Mm -hmm. She does the shit. She does what's needed. She tries to help out. She can be that kind of mother, motherly, affectionate type of person, but don't get it twisted. Mm -hmm. Because I will still get your ass together Mm -hmm. type of woman. Mm -hmm. And she... Simone playing Misty was almost it was like watching a friend on TV mm-hmm. you know it, she seemed so cool with it which was so great yeah um, let's see as far as Cottonmouth now I'm going to mess up this man's name and I forgive me lord Mishala Ali mm-hmm. uh, as Cottonmouth uh because I had only seen him in uh, House of Cards when he was Remy. And he was just kind of in the pocket for a lot of those episodes that he was on. Um, Cottonmouth, he was a scary character. And it's I tweeted this when we were doing the live tweet with uh, Geeks of Color and Black Girl Nerds. That it says something to the actor and the writing when the character doesn't have any superpowers. But still portrays a a level of villainy or Mm -hmm. that intimidation Mm -hmm. i didn't like i they pulled the okie doke on me 
well when Mariah took him out. I did not see that coming at all. Uh, which I was like, uh, I thought he was going to be in it to the end, but I, that's good writing though, to switch it up like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I didn't like about Cottonmouth, uh, again, I, I don't think I would change anything or maybe write something different about Cottonmouth. I like the, cause he was kind of thrown into it. With uh, we'll get into later with uh, Mama Mabel, how she was, she was ruthless. Mm-hmm. That woman, mm-hmm. and he just wanted to practice his piano, and it speaks to a lot of the other like in the ghettos of these bigger cities. How you have some of these kids that have so much talent, but they get dragged into some kind of life of crime, and it just changes them. Yeah. Um, I'll talk one more about uh, Mariah. Uh, I, at first, I thought Mariah was just in it just to be in it, just to have a a notable name in it, as far as Alfred Wooder. But as the story progressed and the episodes uh, went on, I was like, oh, wait, she's she's a bad mamma jamma. Mm -hmm. And I liked how they wrote her she's so complex and again with all the other characters um especially with uh with claire uh rosario dawson's character all especially the women the women are so complex and flawed just like regular humans are you know we're just not this one monolith of people that have one set of thinking that does the same thing as everybody else. I mean, we have feelings. We may not express those feelings as rightfully so. We might go back and forth with them. But I liked how they portrayed especially the women on this show. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't sexualize them or over-sexualize them. They were good as being strong. They could be sexy when they wanted to. Like the first couple of... Uh, scenes with Misty in that uh, blue dress. Mm -hmm. That was really cute, by the way. (laughs) And uh, when her and Luke got together for coffee, I just, the show was just it to me. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the characters. Um, I agree with you on Luke. Luke was, I liked that his complexity, you know, was part of how he handled things and what he needed to do. And I appreciate that Pops was always that that guiding light for him to do, you know, to do better. Um, more than what Reva was to him. I like that Pops was that guiding light. Um, Misty. Misty was everything. I enjoyed Misty. And I've read Misty and different things. And I like this was a little bit more softer Misty. This is this is kind of how Misty began. And so I really enjoy seeing Misty. Um in her role as detective, figuring stuff out, how she visioned how things happened. I like that that kind of that fifth sense or sixth sense or whatever it is that she was able to kind of see how things happen. Right. The trust like that people had. Like, yeah, yeah. The trust that people had in her. I even like the fact that when she had that breaking moment where she's like, you know, trust has always been an issue and this was the first time she 
didn't know what to trust. And I like that we able to see that vulnerability in her character, um, but it made her stronger. I like that she um, was able to give us you know, some cute one-liners, but you know she was from she was from Harlem and you felt that you felt that and how she interacted with people so I really appreciated seeing that in her character um so and again like I said especially when she had a breakdown that was very fun for not fun but kind of good for us to see that because it was like okay we see that you know that you know dealing with Diamondback was tough losing your partner it was was tough too because that was a trust issue there um, trusting her instinct was an issue, so I really liked that we got to see kind of a, a rare-rounded character within her. Cottonmouth was interesting to watch because you can see in some of the scenes throughout the entire series where he was back to his music, and I kind of got that feel that he wanted to get that. That's how he escapes all this madness is his music, and if he could, he would go, he would leave and go to that. You felt like if he could have left he wanted to do that what i'm not always a fan of and marvel does this a lot is when they talk about their villains they always got to show when they were young and how they was abused or how they were you know you know misunderstood and i'm like you know i kind of want a villain to just be you know insane <laughs> like just right. not, just let's just kind of not go back with that but it did help me understand the type of family that he and mariah came from and like you were saying mama mabel was no joke I when she cut that man's finger off, like she's not she playing. She was scary. She was, but you know, and I also appreciate it. Speaking of Miss Miss Mabel, is the fact that we had a trans character in there, mm-hmm. Sister Boy, um, and I like the fact that that was discussed and how she took care of um, the, the, the trans character. Like that was an, he, uh, she was an important part of being in this family that Mama Mabel had. Um, so I appreciate that. I appreciate that because when Cottonmouth says something slick about Sister Boy, she slapped <laughs> it. Like, and I was like, I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. I like that that's, she's looking after these people. She's looking after Harlem in her way. But I do appreciate that. And I apologize for calling Sister Boy he, she. Um, so um, I appreciate that piece in there um i have to spend a little bit of a moment to talk about shades because shades is my um okay how do i explain shades shades is that person that you know and you know he's not good for you but you like him anyway you still give him some and i you know <laughs> to me he is sexy i don't care what anybody else says but shades was sexy to me that smirk and how he smiled about things was just I was jealous of um, Mariah. I'm like, you get to have that because apparently he he was feeling you and you feeling him too at the end. So I'm just like, well, whatever. You know but he reminded me of? Who? Uh, the guy, uh, what's the actor's name? Theo Rossi. He reminded me of how Pitbull would be if Pitbull was could sexy. act and look better. Yeah. Cause I was all in the shades. I'm ready to like go find. I like to me. I was like, okay, y'all can have. Like you know, I'll I'll still get with Luke a few times, but I want some of the shades too. Like, can we share? Can we have both? I mean, hell, Luke was jumping around. Why can't you know? Why can't shades get some? But you can. And and somebody was like on Twitter, shades like a this little skinny boy. I'm like, have y'all seen shades? Um, or seen Theo? He's not. 
He's ripped. Like, yeah. He's stacked, yeah. Yeah, I was like, don't, don't get it twisted. I did enjoy his character because I liked the fact that he was moving things around. Like, he knew where he needed to be. Like, he wasn't a pawn. He was playing the game and playing the game well. Um, Mariah, I love Alfrey's vision of Mariah. Of Mariah because in the comics, she's this big woman who speaks um, broken English. Like, she's kind of that... You know, like quintessential, stereotypical big woman, big back woman. Right. But I like that Mariah was conflicted in her role, what she really is. Um, At one point, really trying to get away from Mama Mabel, but then embracing what that is. Um, I loved how she manipulated the... She's a politician and a villain. Like I like how she was manipulating things. Um, Uh One of my favorite scenes with her... It's when um, her and Missy was in the interrogation room, and she told her, "Is that all you got? Is that all you got on me, trick?" <laughs> I was like, well, "She called her a trick," and I felt it. I loved it. I and then loved... she switched it around when the uh, yeah. The and speaking of, did you see like the other? I think the previous captain before she got let go. Didn't she look like uh, Angela Bassett? Yeah, and, that, and that's the, the actress, uh, that's Sonia. Sonia was from The Wire. Uh, I can't remember her last name, but Sonia was from The Wire. And it was like, oh, look at you, Captain. You know, like this. And then they brought in the um, Delta. She's a Delta. Brought in the other Captain, too. I like that the other Captain was kind of like, you know, we can't do this, but I feel you. I understand your pain. Um, Diamondback. I struggle with Diamondback because he became the tropey villain. He became that villain that we always kind of see. Because I was like, okay, you're you're mad at him because you wasn't loved right. <laughs> as much as Basically. Luke. And I'm like, you did all this for that. I was like, okay. Okay, Sammy Brady. But um, that's what I got from him. I, I didn't really... I feel like they could have done more with Diamondback. Like, there was this potential... Um, to really make it more, because he he reminded me so much of Tony Todd, Candyman. That's what he reminded me of. That's what he, yes, that's. I was like, I know the Candyman. I forgot his uh, the guy's name, but he looked very similar to them. Like those two can be cousins. Yeah. So yeah, I, I they could have been more done with. That. I was a little disappointed with him as a villain, but as he had so much potential, and I wish we would have saw more from that. Right. Uh, as far as the cops, uh, her first partner, uh, Ray, I didn't, I kind of gathered that he was a snake or mm-hmm. a snitch, but the other one, the IA cop, I didn't, <laughs> that blew me out the water. I was like, really? How you gonna have two dirty cops? I'm like, damn. Well, yeah, that was the power of, you know, who they had in their pockets, and I liked that you saw it was so deep and Misty, that's where Misty had to really figure out how to trust her instincts more. And I like that that's where we were getting into is that this, that reveal of, I need to trust my instincts versus what I think. I need to trust my instincts. And I, that's why I liked about that. So what were your likes about the overall show? The overall show. I like the, um, the cinematography of the show. It was it was gritty, but not to the point where it made Harlem look like it was shit. Yeah. You know, and 
it made Harlem act like another character in the show. It made us like we were almost there with them, you know, going along with this story. Um, what else did I like about the show? I liked, like we said, the powerful, strong, complicated, complex women that they showed and the shades of the women that they showed uh, with Rosario Dawson, with Miss Simone, with Alfre and uh, all the others. I enjoyed that. I liked um, the little Easter eggs that they, or little hints that they kind of connected of the Jessica Jones and Daredevil together as far as oh, I went to Hell's Kitchen to help a lawyer, or didn't you get shot in the head by Jessica, whatever, and then the guy that was selling the DVDs on the the side of the street talking about the Avengers. I mean, it was those little things that make everything cohesive and go together. Mm -hmm. You know, something that DC, I don't think, if we're going to compare, I don't think DC is really paying attention to, like, People, fans, especially those crazy fans, pay attention to those things and they like to see those. So it was really good to have those kind of hints and Easter eggs abound. Um, I like the nod to his, uh, as far as other hints go, I like the nod to his old 1970s type of uh, outfit with the the steel whatever contraption on his head and that that yellow ass blouse that he was wearing. <laughs> um, that that was cute. Um, overall I just I thought it was a really good depiction of black people in today's society. Not let's take out the fact that Luke had superheroes or superpowers. It talked about police brutality, it talked about gentrification, it talked about women in the workplace, the double standard that they have to go through. It talked about a lot of things that black people and other people of color go through every day. Yeah, I, I liked um, I liked how they depict Harlem. I liked that they talked about the history and the, the richness and the power and the, the everything about Harlem. I like that was mentioned throughout there. So, you know, the young folks can get an idea of what Harlem is about. Um, I really liked the pacing of it. I, I, I didn't feel like, I feel like it was slow in some parts, but not to a point where it was, it was irritating. Um, I think the episode when they went down to Georgia was, was a little interesting, but at the same time, um, it, it served its purpose. Um, I, Claire in this was really good because this is the first time we really see Claire fully as a character. Like we saw her in Jessica Jones, we saw her in Daredevil, but she was really full-fledged character I felt in this and I really enjoy Rosario Dawson in this role because it was like she's playing the night nurse you know to the T and for those who read the comic night nurse is is active in there you know she's the one who realized like hey there's no there's no marks on you you know when she looks at his body so I like that she played a good role with that I like that she was all about she know she realized what her purpose was because of her experience. I like that they brought in Sonya Braga as her mom. I mean, Sonya Braga has been in the game for so long, and she looks amazing. For some people who may not know her, she was in um, 
um, The Kiss of the Spider Woman. She was um, Miss Westlake in The Cosby Show. <laughs> she was Theo's hard math teacher. She was Samantha's girlfriend in Sex and the City season four. Um, she's been in the game for a while, so that was great to see her. And I like that they gave a nod, a small nod, if y'all didn't catch it, um, about magic. Because they talked about how her grandmother, you know, their grandmother was who believed in that and did a little bit of magic. And, you know, that's the, that's we're going into that direction now with Stephen Strange and Doctor Strange and all that coming soon. And we'll see a little bit more of the magic when we get into the Infinity Gauntlet. So, I mean, Infinity War using comic terms instead of the movie terms. But um, but yeah, I like that they hint a little bit about magic. So if you didn't catch that, go back when, when her mother was introduced. They talk a little bit about that and how magic is something. And so we'll see some of that in Doctor Strange. Again, I and I, I kind of like the reveal of Reva, that Reva was not this love of his life. I mean, for him it was, but the reality was she right. she was she knew what was going on all the way and I knew he was getting played by her. I knew it. I was like, why is he trusting her? Do yeah. not trust this didn't she look like was that uh Zoe Kravitz? No, but I kept Not saying she like, looking like Radon Chong. That's who she reminded me of. <laughs> um but and I was like, Yeah, but it was interesting because you know, we saw a little bit of her and Jessica Jones and we knew Jessica Jones killed her. Um or had a role in her death rephrase that so it was interesting to kind of go back there but to then see where you would see where the ties he have with Reba is broken at that moment because that was somebody he loved and he cared about um but to see that she was kind of playing him was very was a was a game changer I thought to a degree of how he felt about trust and how he feels about working with people again I I can't talk so much of I mean I can talk forever about Misty but again just having her grow as a character was really amazing to watch and at the very end when you see her you know you know she has on the red outfit she has her hair out uh, it's going to be amazing to see where they go with the character also I love as you mentioned some of the the easter eggs in the movie I mean in the series the one of the neat ones was to see Colleen Wing was also mentioned and so for those who don't know about Colleen Wing she is um, a partner to Misty Knight um, as Daughters of the Dragon so I can't wait to see her we'll see her in Dragon Fist um, but Colleen Wing is a very interesting character too she's half white and half um, Asian um, her grandfather was a samurai I think he was a samurai and taught her what she needed to know and um, if you haven't been following us on Twitter or anything we I, I posted some stuff about Colleen Wing if you want to know more about her because she's an interesting character too um so I you know check her out because she's going to be seen and then we kind of saw a little bit of we didn't see her but we we, we know that she's she's coming so I thought that was really neat and at the and, and also I love the blackness it was just I love the blackness it felt normal and I think sometimes we get so we we get kind of not scared but kind of in a weird place when it comes like we see in blackness on TV because I think we've been you know raised to believe that that you know blackness is put it on TV is like oh that might be embarrassing for people to see right. it. but I think no it, it's good because that's what it is it's reality and I loved all of the blackness of it like I said I even love when they when when Mariah was calling uh, what you call it a trick I, I was like that is what we say that's what we say when we about to, we we trying to get you know get at somebody we call them a trick 
And she called when I heard that. I was like, that I just, I just don't feel like I ever heard that on on a TV show. Like it felt normal. Yeah, it felt. felt yeah, because I call people tricks all the time, and I felt good about that. I was like, yes, trick. I was like, yeah, I would have said the same thing, you know. So I was like, I was feeling it. That was like, it made so much sense. Um, yeah, so I enjoyed all that. All I needed to hear was a black ass line. I would have been done. If they, if those, oh, if they the said, music, we didn't even talk about the music. Oh, we didn't talk about the, the, uh, yeah. the uh, appearances in uh, what was the Harlem's Paradise. Like mm-hmm. they had Judea. They had Faith Evans. They oh, had Raphael Sadiq, who is 50, and he looks like he's 21. Yeah. I swear he's a vampire, him and uh, Pharrell. They had uh, Delphonics. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, I want to go to Harlem's Paradise. Yeah, now. I wanted to go, too. I want to go for Judea so I can um, inappropriately touch him. But, yeah, I was all about... <laughs> yes, I, I am slutty. But, yeah, I was... <laughs> I was like, this was good. I like it. It gave me that vibe of New York Undercover, like back in the day. But I was like, this is what it is. This is what the type of club is kind of. And you and sometimes the music matched who was in charge, in charge at the time. Like, you know, when you had Cottonmouth, you had some of the new, some of the old. But when you had Mariah, you had some of the old, the older stuff back there. You know, you had Delphonics right. and you had Sharon. Um, and that group at the end that kind of matched who she is. So, um, Sharon Jones, I think it was her name. And so I, I, the music was really good. I'm going to sit down and go and look through the, the soundtrack again to see, you know, some of the songs that were mentioned. And I think it's the first time in a Marvel movie I cared about the music <laughs> or a Marvel, right. a Marvel, anything that I care about the music. Cause it was, they just did something about how, like, do you remember the music to any of the Marvel properties and people said no but I think with this you do remember the music because it was it was used really well for the scenes as well as the Harlem Paradise right and it goes to show how much black culture influences a lot of other things yes. like take for instance the music and how all of our music from past and present and even future is going to is going to influence what is quote-unquote cool in today's society yeah. so i it just and also when uh what's her name mariah had a, a perfect line and I'm, i might screw this up but she said uh if all black lives matter then black history and black culture has to matter too which is so so apparent because yeah. you can't because everybody quiet as a cab if you didn't realize everything originated from africa yeah so yeah, I, I so yeah. If you think now, it's just black people are the originators. Yeah, it's just facts. And I and and I also loved um, just how things kind of wrapped up um, in ways where it was like you know we look back at at Pop's place and what Pop's place mean and how it cannot be what it used to be anymore. It has to be something new. And it goes with his mantra of always forward, you know? So it's like it's this whole thing of now it's going to move to something else. It's going to be something else. The same way as Misty's going to be something new. The way something, the way Luke is going to be something new. It's this forwardness to change. And, that, and that's going to be amazing to see if it, if we get a second season or what have you. Um, I, again, just the overall feel of the show was 
was just amazing to watch and really just really just really great i mean i think the only things i did not care for um i wanted more diamondback i really wanted more of that character i didn't want him to be tropey i really wanted a little bit more with him um i'm still i again that trip to georgia was interesting i i I, it could have been wrapped up a little bit different way um and Cottonmouth's death I wasn't ready for that I feel like we need a little bit more from Cottonmouth um because I feel like he could have been there he could have still died but he could have still been there but I, I guess a part of me really wanted him to flesh out Diamondback more because I feel like he was just right. there too he was just there and then like he's not and then they put him in that broke ass Cobra Commander outfit <laughs> When I was like, "What is this?" But I love that line. He was like, "What kind of Gopal Gutierrez?" I was, like, I love that line because he looks a mess in this Cobra outfit. I mean, y'all, yeah, y'all don't talk about this outfit was a mess. But um, it, I like the fact that we we didn't get everything right away because I know some people were thinking they were going to see Misty get her bionic arm, and that's not the case because you have to think about it. How she's going to get this arm? Who's gonna give her this arm? Does it come from Shield? Does it come from Tony Stark? Like so, I think there's more stories to come, and I I like that we didn't get it all at once. So I'm glad that they didn't address that. Um, but I'm so glad this is a, a, a movie. Yeah. Cause it definitely needed to be a series so yeah. it can be fleshed out. Um, and this is like the second time um, that Netflix has hit a home run as far as. Uh, telling black stories, real, real black stories, like the get down, um, was, you know, the introduction of hip hop and all that. And this kind of piggybacked on all of the hip hop influence, uh, in the stories. So I don't know what's going on up over at Netflix, but they are killing it as far as when it comes to telling people of colors, actual yeah so shout out to everybody who was involved with Luke Cage and getting this out there and I'm gonna mess up his name um, the main writer the well the main writer producer he was everything to it Shout out there. I'm gonna say it I know it's Coker I'm gonna say his name totally wrong Coker. yeah <laughs> I need to get better with these names y'all I mean you think about it. my name is Victor I have the most common name on earth but uh, I I have to give him credit because he put so much in here. He gave us Harlem. He gave us hip hop. He gave us blackness. Um, he gave us humanity in our blackness. Um, so I really just I just, I just really happy with that. And I think, as you mentioned before, just the diversity of women in this was amazing because it was. Women who were running things, women who was in charge of things, women who were making the hard decisions. This was really strong in all that, in all that conviction, and I just love the fact that you know women were representing all over this. So I was like, you know, hats off to y'all. This was great. This is what we needed to see, and like you said, Nick, um, <laughs> we need to see Misty Knight. In 2020, her 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 series, um, and she could be with Colleen. They can go, or you can give us Daughters of the Dragon, but 
Right. We need her. And we need a new action figure, too, for Misty Knight. Because that action figure that y'all have is broke. Her eyes are crooked. I, I think it's time that we get a new action figure for Misty Knight. That's all I'm saying. Because you can't have an afro and then straight hair, too. But anyway, I'm going to leave that alone. But um, Or give us a Misty doll. Everything else. We should be campaigning for this. But, you know, I... I I'm just saying, you know, there's too much now that y'all gave us. So you can't take it back. Marvel need to give us more. I'm really hoping that the, this show gets a lot of uh, Emmy nominations. Because if it doesn't, then we know we know what's up. That's true. Because there's, there's, there's a lot of great performances in here. Um, like I said, Shades, you can have your own show. Um, you can just have two episodes of you taking a shower and then going to work and then working out. And then, um, you know, being oh. seductive. <laughs> All right. I can't well, help it. He is, he is, he caught my attention quick. But, track. yeah, but, you know, but that's our review. I mean, pretty much we mm-hmm. loved it. Um, I will say this. My favorite episodes were one, two, four, seven, nine, and ten. And thirteen. So that was, a, that was my favorite episode. So, the better half of uh, half the series. Yes, pretty much. But those, those are the ones that was like, woo, look at this, look at that. Um, and uh-huh. all of them have Shades giving us his smirk. But yeah, those are my favorite episodes. <laughs> I think my favorite episodes were one, two, three, and seven. Six and seven, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. One, three, six, and seven. Um, yeah, because I wasn't ready for when uh, Mariah went loose upside your head to uh, Cottonmouth. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's our review this week. I, oh. I mean, I feel like well, that, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm having a hangover because I'm like, it was good and now it's gone. And now I want a little bit more. I might go back and rewatch certain parts. I'll go back and watch when... Um, Mariah calls Misty a trick because again I just feel that so many times. Um, but yeah, now you, uh, for uh, Iron Cage or Iron Fist, whatever the fuck that wants to be called. Yeah, you know what? I know people are not feeling him, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna be open to it because you you know he's he's an interesting character in the comics, so you just don't know what we will get. But I will say if y'all want to check him out, you know he has there's a graphic novel of the of the early Iron Fist and there's a graphic novel when Luke Cage and Iron Fist meet but in between all that are great stories with Misty and Colleen too so um, you know check that out um, those graphic novels are already out they are $30 a piece but you know go on Amazon or go on eBay and get it you can probably get it for like $16 but they're really good because those are again classic stories um, also, there is a Daughters of a Dragon um, special edition that came out about eight years ago, um, eight or six years ago, that has the early um, editions of um, the Deadly Fist of Kung Fu, where um, they have standalone stories between Misty and Colleen. So those are very good stories where they fight a vampire, and they also fight um, the the underground, underground gangster world and um, I think in China, in Japan. So that was really fun to read too. There's a lot of interesting stories. So check those out to get to know the characters a little bit more. I just have an issue with uh, this those movie steals that are going around of him looking like a homeless person. So I'm just <laughs> like, what in God's green earth is 
going on with this. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. I want to also point out one of the things I really like is the bulletproof hoodies because I like the fact that what that means, and I know some people you know, have issues with the fact we're not bulletproof as white people, we're not. But I like that he represented the strength in that, and I like that it became a trend in the show. I like that all of a sudden people walked around in those hoodies as a sense of, of pride and strength. Um, and, you know, you might see that in Comic-Con. You know, people walk around with bullet hole hoodies to express what it is to be um, Luke Cage and what does that really mean. So I thought that was really neat, too. I think the, the imagery of the bullet-ridden hoodies was not as far as to say that black people physically are bulletproof, mm-hmm. but to say their spirit. Yeah. That's, like, yeah. that's a good way to put I it. Think, yeah, I think that is supposed to be what they meant by, you know, the imagery, especially when the first time he's walking down the hallway and you see, you're reminded of the pictures of Trayvon Martin mm-hmm. when he, uh, when he was murdered. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's what that meant by yeah. that. But um, yeah, any last words about the series or anything else? Um, you know, if you haven't watched it yet, please watch it. If you want to read the comics, there's a lot to catch up on. Um, I will say, you know, go as far as go back to the beginning of of all of them. It's fun. It's fun reading. It's fun reading. Very black protationist, but it's it's fun reading. So you know, check that out. And um, I don't know. Any last words you have? I hope Netflix give this a second season because it just needs it. Do the culture. Yeah, it does. All right, y'all. I think that's it for us. Me today. Yeah. Um, so I oh, um, shout out to all of y'all going to New York Comic Con. Hope it is it's this week. So I hope y'all have a good time. There's a lot going on, especially for for um, geeks of color. So really get involved with that. I know Black Girl Nerds have some things. Um, Fan Bros have some stuff. So, you know, check them out. They have, I know there's like a costume contest. There's a couple of panels. There's more than a couple of panels. There's a, there's several panels. So, you know, y'all go there, represent, show us what you got, pictures and stuff. Have a good time. And Geeks Out. Yeah, they're doing that, that cross-play, cross-play uh, yeah. contest of Fan Bros. And Geeks Out will be representing. Prism will be representing as well for the LGBT side of things. So, um, you know, y'all have a good time and be safe because it's New York. <laughs> so be safe. And I think they, they're not cold there yet, but they, they're going to get there. So it's going to be 80 degrees this, this weekend. So they'll be good. Oh, oh, they, oh, they still, uh, yeah, we still got warm weather over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at, uh, Megashane pod, uh, the Megashane. uh, follow us, our personal accounts, uh, Shit, what is my Porter <laughs> Porter Pizzazz or Wonder Man 5? Uh, follow us on Facebook at, at The Magazine. Uh, listen, rate, uh, like, subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and stay woke and be black. Be yes. beautiful. And be gay or be queer. Be queer, be color, be, be happy. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, until next time, y'all. All right. Bye-bye.